Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. And this week we are talking about the movie They Live. But before we do that, I think there's a ton of movie news. Cam, do you have anything to kick us off with movie news? Uh, the most recent thing um, is Ardman Animation is come back with two, they announced two new movies. Uh, one is a sequel to Chicken Run. Uh, and one so starring Zachary Levi and um, someone else, uh, and as well as in Wallace and Gromit sequel, I uh, guess. Well, well, because like there's a bunch of them, so it's not really a sequel; it's just a continuation right. of the series, I think. Right. Yes, uh, I'm familiar with the, with, the, with the feature length movie. I haven't watched the shorts, but I heard the shorts are are the, are the best. Oh, well, I I love the shorts. I've seen like like there's four shorts and then one movie. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, the shorts are what I grew up on, and then I watched movies like, oh, well, that's kind of disappointing. But the the shorts are amazing. I love them. They're like weirdly dark, but so good. Yeah, um, they've been really hitting it out of the park recently. Um, they had Shaun the Sheep Farm again come out a couple of years ago. I think it was up for best MVP feature last year. Sorry about the stutter. Um, but I think it lost to a Pixar one because I wanted that one to win because it's so good. It's like. What if Silent Cinema but also sci-fi? Mm-hmm. And because Sean Shape is one of the most awesome characters in movies ever. I so. love like that. Well, have you seen the first Sean the Sheep movie? I have not. I've, I have watched part of the show when it came out because right. I was still young enough to watch that. Mm-hmm. But when I was I was too old when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I heard how good the Farm, Farm Again was. I'm like, I had to watch this. So. Yeah, uh, well, then we're we're in opposites because I watched the first movie, but not Farmageddon. But the oh, okay. the first one's great. It's it's a silent movie as well, and it it's just it's so compelling and it's awesome. I mm-hmm. am so pumped about the new Wilson Grant movie. Um, apparently, the premise is that Gromit gets like not like annoyed or scared because Wallace is getting too obsessed with his gadgets, so. Ooh. Uh, he's trying to like have an intervention for Wallace uh, when he invents, I think, like an artificial intelligent gnome or something. <laughs> and it sounds just wild, but Nick Park is somewhat of a genius when it comes to animation. So I'm I'm very excited. I cannot be more excited for this either. I, that sounds like a great premise. I love just whatever we showed how AI is bad, but also dogs are great. Exactly. So. And I think that's coming out in 2024, right? Yes, but the Chicken sequel, Birth of the Nugget, is coming 2023, I believe. That's right. Like, I, th- I think we just talk about Chicken Run on the podcast sometime. I haven't seen it yet. I know it's a, it's a, I'm okay. I have a really weird blind spot with Armin because like I, I've watched some. I, 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 was a, I didn't grow up a ton when I was younger. I never seen Flushed Away, which I know, which, which I know. It, 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 it's their worst movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool when I was like five or six. Whenever, I mean, that's whenever fair. Old it was, but like that was the only one that I watched because like we weren't super super big into movies, let alone like kids movies. When I was like twelve, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Uh, so. I mean, when you're the youngest, it's it's hard to <laughs> watch like kids movies because they're all sick of that by then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I, I I think I've seen every single Ardman movie if I recollect correctly but no I, i'm a huge Arden fan so i'm really excited about that uh yeah. other movie news um is that knives out 2 is supposed to release this fall uh yes. which i think is very exciting i'm personally excited for knives out 2 what are your thoughts always. on that always i'm excited um so 
from what I've heard, it's first um, premiering at like several film festivals, and then launching on Netflix later. Mm-hmm. I think it's a probably good release pattern. I think Netflix is starting to figure that, that there is still a a, um, a time for a f- 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 festival, and even like physical, even like theatrical release. Like they had like, the couple films that they, they've had um, a week or so in theaters, and then it drops on the service, which I think is probably the best way to do that currently. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, some services have started. To, I've kind of crapped the bed with the whole just want launch it on the service first before debuting it in theaters, like how Warner Bros. has doing that has been doing it with like HBO HBO Max right. movies, like yeah. dropping Dune and uh, on on HBO Max at the same time as theaters, which I feel like could definitely tra- lead some money away from the box office, also some money towards the streaming service. But I feel like um, not the best strategy overall. I'm like, no, 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 Netflix has, has done it this year with the, with the Heart of They Fall. How do we get the theaters? Not here in Morton, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think mostly in the U.S. But good strategy for yeah. weeks. Uh, I like the sort of change of, of pace. I, I mean, obviously, I love the theater experience. So mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, well, I'm not sure if you saw this, but, uh, oh, what's his face? Ben Affleck, where he was saying, like, how basically Oof. theaters are becoming, like, not about like small movies it's all about like oh i'm gonna go see the mcu movie and i definitely feel that where it's yeah. like becoming where it's like oh like i'm gonna go see mcu in theaters and everything else is gonna be just online if- yeah he said he said, said like in 10 years it's gonna be all ip or like like all like franchise movies which is funny because he's kind of been booted out of the franchise system because of Zack snyder and justice league and because DC is doing, Warner Bros is doing a, a, a lot of reshuffling with with their DC movies. Mm-hmm. They they kind of basically all the pre Zack Snyder stuff is kind of all all being thrown 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 out. Minus I think Aquaman is and Wonder Woman maybe, but like right. they're probably gonna recast Henry Cavill or just go with Supergirl and same with Batman or I think they're bringing in Batgirl now. So yeah, I think they're kind of ditch, ditching the men, which is you know what. Worse, worse ideas have been had. Speaking of, that brings us into the next bit of news, which is uh, the Batman. Uh, oh, buddy. The new soundtrack. I'm guessing you have a lot to talk about this. Oh, dude. I So the soundtrack premiered actually in the second trailer. I hadn't watched the Captain Bat trailer just because like, I saw two, I saw the poster and the cast. I was, I was hooked. First trailer, I'm like, even better. Second trailer, okay, even better. Third trailer, I watched the first part, I'm like, I don't need to see anymore. I know I'm. I know I'm gonna be there day one, mm-hmm. and day four because the four days after my release date is is my birthday. So that's man. That makes sense. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, as well as was also announced a, th- a two hour and fifty five minute two hour and fifty five minute runtime, which is very based and poggers, because um, I love long movies in theaters. I can't handle them at home because ADHD and brain rot and just distractions mm-hmm. but in theater when i have no when i have no distractions i love a long movie yeah just kind of get you out of the world for a little bit you get to just enjoy it like like for dune like we went to go see dune that was an amazing mm-hmm. theater experience oh dude uh i i also recently watched uh what's that story in, in a theater as well as some experience where you're like i'm just take, taken away in this in this world for two and a half hours and i wanted to go back into it right right again yeah 
I, I wish I could have gone with you to that one, but I <sighs> just finished exams. Today was my last day of exams, so <laughs> kind of just in, the, in the thick of, uh, of stressful time for me, but oh well. Oh, yeah. Um, one little bit of, uh, last bit of news I have is that uh, the most streamed movie, uh, according to, oh, what's it called? That box company. Nielsen. Nielsen is Luca this year, which I was kind of shocked by. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it would be the most streamed movie, but that's what they say. What do you think of that? Um, I think the main reason for that is because Encanto came out like two, a month ago onto Disney+, Plus, whereas Luca's had like six, seven months or more of... Playtime availability on the d- 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 Disney Plus. Well, I was thinking even like uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines was out earlier, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Not every streaming service releases their numbers to, to Nielsen. Ah. Um, and Netflix does occasionally for shows. I'm not, I'm not sure if they do for movies. Okay. So, yeah, that Mitchell Machines needs to be watched by like everyone. Like honestly, if I ever become a film prof, I can't because I'm not smart. <laughs> but like, that's that's required doing it for the course. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's just an amazing animated movie, just like the animation style. I mean, we uh, if you want to listen to our <laughs> podcast about it, we we have a, a whole episode about it that you can go back and listen to with my brother. Exactly, and that was a great episode. But uh, mm. yeah, that's the last bit of news I have. Do you have any news? Uh, Daredevil is back on the top 10 for shows uh, in, on Netflix because I guess with spoilers were Spider-Man and um, Hawkeye um, having the appearance of several Daredevil characters everyone's like hey what if we watch the show and it t- turns out people like it because it's a very good show arguably one of the best a lot of people are starting to check that out again um, that's, besides that that's, that's all the news I think off the top of my head very nice. Well, that brings us into They Live. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And I Oof. love this movie so much. This is cinema. I, this, I put this on my top four in Letterboxd because it's Oof. it just slaps so hard. Um, uh, where do you want to start on this? <laughs> uh, the beginning. Uh, well, Fast Facts, obviously, first. Oh, right, yes, yes, Fast Facts. So okay. this movie was directed by John Carpenter, uh, based on a short story by Ray Nelson, stars the late, great Roddy Piper, Keith David, and Meg Foster. Music is by John Carpenter, as well as Alan Horvath. Howarth? Horvath? Oh, okay. Anyway, budget of $3 million, Um, very small bus, very small budget. Box office of fourteen million, so it's almost uh, triple its budget, which is uh, I think be considered a, a success. So there's some context. The reason why we find the budget was so low is because um, Big Trouble in Little China bombed. Right. Yeah. So it didn't make a lot, a lot of money. So for the next next movie, the the studio, studio I think it was Universal was like, hey. Um, you can do whatever you want, but with like five dollars. Yeah, well, uh, guess, it was through Universal and, and Alive Films, uh, so two different right. production companies. And Alive was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but very small budget. Right, but so he made this, which is very good, and you can tell it's cheap, but like it, I think it helps in the movie actually. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's it's very good. Also, uh, it's also written by John Carpenter, so this is really uh, an art uh, an artur film by him, where he like. Controls the music, he wrote it, 
he directed it. <laughs> I'm sure he did lots of the cinematography, but yeah. uh, it's quite impressive. Uh, I have a fun fact, is that apparently, uh, originally he was planning on having Kurt Russell star this movie, Ooh. but he thought he shouldn't because he had worked with Kurt Russell so much previously that he, he <laughs> thought that they'd be like, oh, well, it's another Kurt Russell, John Carpenter movie. We're sick of that. So uh, partially because yeah, of budget, partially just because yeah. he loved him, uh, Roddy Piper became Nada, uh, which is which he, is great. He's credited as Nada, but his his name his name is never stated in the movie. He is a homeless, nameless drifter, yes. and I love his character. Just just a working man, you know, gets laid off from whatever store or whatever plant. He goes to a new city trying to find trying to rebuild his life, and gets involved with something better than himself. We've seen this story before. But I think really, really, I mean, we does it better than it, do, it does here. I love the setup, um, how he, go, he goes to site. Oh, it's a union job only, which is like, hey, unions are pretty cool. But also, like, hey, we should let other people join, join, join the, the union and uh, be able to get out of poverty as well. And uh, yeah, I love. Um, first off, it has a very based preacher who is talking about how authority sucks mm-hmm. and uh, how we need to. Stop worshiping money and capitalism. I'm like, I'm like, oh, where, where was this preacher when I was growing up? Because like, I want that. I, I <laughs> thought that this movie does a really good job of like portraying religion as being anti-capital, how it like mm-hmm. should be. And I think mm-hmm. that he made a very pointed example of having it be a black pastor who's against capitalism because around mm-hmm. this time, uh, obviously, it's like right at the end of like the Reagan era. So mm-hmm. it's right when the evangelical Christians were, by and large, shifting very much to Christian nationalism. Mm. So I think that it was, uh, it's very interesting that he has a black Christian pastor sort of leading this revolt against capitalism in a way. Mm-hmm. I do love how much John Carpenter hates Reagan, both like quietly and very loudly. Like he's talking about how much he hates Reagan because. He's a good person, mm-hmm. like Carpenter, not no, not Reagan, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I do love how like because like a lot of progress has has made by Christian leaders and like pe- Christian leaders of color, like Martin, the most prominent civil rights leader, the leader that people that people talk about is Martin with with the King Jr., who celebrated his birthday well, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. um, as well as Malcolm X, who is also uh, very religious, but he's uh, Muslim instead. Muslim, yeah, yes. Um, but like, yeah, like and he's probably the most popular Christian person ever. Like, tons. But like, he was very anti-capitalism and imperialism specifically as he went on. Civil rights was where he got his start, but it's not where he ended. He ended with being anti-Vietnam, anti-war, anti-capitalism. And just being a full-on lefty, which is pretty based. So, yeah, no, I I thought that was very interesting to have that in this movie, uh, considering the era. But uh, interestingly, is that like John, like this movie feels like just extremely leftist. Like, like basically, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. could like have Marx directing it, and it would you would be shocked. But uh, if you watch like interviews with him about this movie, he's like he states that he is like still a capitalist. He, but mm-hmm. he just he hates like the Reagan style of capitalism. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're so close, John Carpenter. Like so close. It, it, it's almost like, oh, like Reagan was just like a proponent of capitalism. That's how capitalism always is. 
And, but uh, I, I think that this is like one of the most leftist Hollywood movies of all time that I've mm-hmm. personally seen, um, which I found very refreshing. And it's like, it's fun. It's not like preachy, like, uh, like a God's not dead where it's like, uh, like we, we win because we are better than everyone. Or like, uh, don't look up where it's like, uh, like re like, it's not like propaganda. It's more mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's have fun while also being like capitalism is kind of sucky. If we, that makes did sense. It. We, we did it. We did it. We saved homeschooling. Spoiler alert for God's not dead for. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I, I found that really refreshing that it's, not like this sort of propaganda piece instead it's kind of trying being like hey this is what well at the time hey this is what the world is going towards we should try to avoid it but Mm. kind of the scary thing is when we watch it now like what is that like 30 years later Mm -hmm. it feels like it's happening as we speak which is kind of like the stressful part so okay uh, well i guess we should lay out like (laughs) spoiler warning for this movie uh, that's like 30 years old, but uh, basically... 32. 34. Yes, but basically aliens have taken over and they run the upper crust of the world and some humans have sided with them. And it's supposed to be sort of an allegory for like capitalism and capitalists and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That, that's why I sort of ran yeah. <laughs> But Obviously, the glasses, the propaganda, the obey signs have become very similar like uh, become very cultural like, it's it's going it's going beyond the movie beyond the movie and kind of its own thing mm-hmm. like i was i was i was, I was, I was already familiar with um some of like, the iconography like the whole like alien faces and stuff with the obey signs like, I, I i'd seen that before like, on shirts and whatever like it was cool to see where it, where it came from Mm-hmm. Um, I do like how the two lead characters are working class men. One of them, one of them being black, one of them being played by Keith David. Um, there, <laughs> there's a so Keith David also in Saints Row Four. There's a level in in Saints Row Four where, where, you, where you get to pl- play they live or you get to like reenact the fight scene, mm-hmm. and then then you get to have Roddy Piper as like a, a psychic for you in, in the game whenever you want. Yeah. Well, like basically, the whole game of Saints Row Four is basically they live. (laughs) Pretty much, it's kind of like it's definitely inspired from it. I don't think that they're trying to hide that it's inspired from it. Uh, I I just think it's kind of fascinating how much success this movie has found when, Mm -hmm. like, when it first came out, it was kind of panned and everyone hated it. Mm. But I think, yeah, I I just don't think think they were there. They were ready for it, honestly. I think part of it is because the third threat is kind of like. I feel like the third act is kind of a let not a let, 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 let just kind of feels very small stakes. Mm-hmm. Where okay, this they, they they just destroy one dish and all of a sudden everyone can see <laughs> every, all the aliens and the world has been saved. I mean, it's definitely uh, kind of showcasing the uh, low budget of the movie. Yeah, there's there's like, there's like one hallway they go through like three times, <laughs> and then <laughs> you, you get a flash of the gun muzzle like five times. Mm-hmm. Every time they shoot someone, you see the muzzle. You you'll see the person getting shot. <laughs> yeah, which I think is in it's it's part of the it's part of the the vibe of, of, of the movie is the low budget. Also, pleasant surprise how a cab this movie is. Yes, very much. <laughs> there's so. one throw. There's one line that tries to undo it, which I feel like is just kind of them trying to get by, like the, the um um the LAPD like um 
uh, rule. Like, there's a and you you know the thing I'm not talking about, right? Where where, where like certain movies you need to get past the police. Yeah, especially if you're using marks. police in the movie, then you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's one, one line where it's like, not all police are aliens. And it's like, okay, well, shut up. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's, that line's just just in there in order to get past the like, censors. Oh, yeah, stuff. <laughs> but it's like, because like, like, you, you see the aliens that that are, are cops that drive right up and kill kills with a freaking shotgun. Yep. Oh, well, okay, so I want to talk about that. It's like, so like the first part of the movie, it's like pretty slow. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he like puts on the glasses. He sees everything. That's very slow. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like he goes into a shop. He sees like a, an alien there. And he starts like swearing at them and like just insult, just, <laughs> just roasting. <laughs> like <laughs> you look like shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's great. Like and like he just like it like clicks so quickly. Like it feels like for most people, like take a long time. Like what the hell's happening? But for him, he's like. Well, you all, you're just fucking ugly. <laughs> or like, uh, and then he just like grabs a cop's gun and just kills someone. Like, like, like a lot happens very quickly. Like, it's yeah. like, it's been so slow that all of a sudden, boom, 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 two cops are dead. And he walks into a bank and just starts shooting people. There. I have come to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Bubble yes. And Roddy Piper is real, yeah, just ahead of his time, really, as a wrestler turned actor. Yeah. And I... Like, I know lots of people think that his acting is, like, kind of corny in this movie. And, like, it's obviously, like, one of his first movies, so mm-hmm. I don't really blame him. But I really loved his acting in this movie. Even though it was corny, I thought that it worked really well for the movie. And, like, kind of tying in with, like, this working class sort of feel. Where, like, this isn't, like, an elitist actor who's been around for a really long time. It's mm-hmm. a wrestler, which is kind of seen as, like, a poor man's sort of entertainment. Yeah, which I, I think worked really well with this movie. How do you feel about his acting? I don't think it would have worked, um, if there was someone if it was like a a, a properly trained actor. I think it had to be, I think it had to be either a newcomer or a someone with acting experience, not necessarily like acting experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like Roddy Piper definitely fit, fit the bill. Uh, again, again, my letterboxed review, Roddy, Roddy Piper walked out the, the rock, could run. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, it's it's great. Well, apparently Harrison Ford was in talks to be in this as uh, Nada, um, hmm. as well as, um, oh, what's his face? Kurt Russell. And who else? Uh, there, there's a bunch of, like, big-name actors, but eventually uh, John Carpenter settled on... Uh, uh, on Rodney Piper, and I, I, I'm very glad he did because it, it, it's pretty great. I think it's funny how a lot of times when, when like, um, lesser, lesser known actors get, get cast when they've looked at, like, a lot of other big actors, mm-hmm. how good the newcomer actually ends up being. I'm thinking, like, Christopher Reeve and Superman. Yeah. Or, like, Kurt Russell also um, tried out... Um, Stallone, a lot of big actors, big, big, big actors um, tried out for that role. And eventually they get Christopher Reeve, who had been in nothing. Or mm-hmm. like, some, some TV, but like, he got to a less known actor. And it's funny, funny how that works out sometimes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, <laughs> this has like one of the greatest fist fight scenes in cinema oh, history. I, I, mm. I think we, we have to talk about that for a bit. What'd you think of like the six, seven minute long fight? Oh, it's so good. 
it just it just shows how it just guys being dudes is what it is. <laughs> just just vibing with with fists. Well, the, uh, like if you watch like the making of that, like originally that scene was only supposed to be like thirty seconds, mm-hmm. but like they just, like Keith David and Roddy Piper had so much chemistry that yeah. like John Carpenter's like he just let them kind of wrestle around in the street for for a while while videotaping them and ended up with this. And everything except for like the hedge and groin shots were all real. Like them actually like wrestling, which is pretty great. Um, That's great. And fun fact: the stunt coordinator for this movie, who like did this fight, was also every single alien in a mask. <laughs> That's great. So that, still casting. Because <laughs> again, I mean, it's again, budget. same budget. If you can just have one guy be all the aliens, instead of having like different actors, makes sense. Yeah, it saves lots of money. And no, I I love this fist fight. I love like. <laughs> when Keith David goes to, like smash the bottle to like shank uh, <laughs> him, and then he like, he breaks the whole bottle and just like the little smirk that uh, Roddy Piper gives him, it, it's just it's gold. It's great. Oh, that's amazing. It's yeah, I I love it. I I love their chemistry. I think it, mm-hmm. it works so well in this movie. Uh, Keith David is an underrated actor. I think he really is. Even like, and he's in under underrated things. He's in. One of the better newer Disney movies, like he plays uh, Vizillier in uh, Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. He's in Community season season six. Not a great season of TV, but like especially compared to Community, but like like by, by Community standards, but like he's still a really good part of of that season and has so many so many great lines mm-hmm. that I quote all the, all the time. And so. he's in another one of my favorite John Carpenter movies, The Thing, and he's amazing in that too. He's very good. As the not not thing as maybe the thing, kind of towards the end. Yes, I, yeah, and I also really love just like the pacing of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I do like a good hour and a half movie every once in a while. Oh, dude! Like when you're watching it at home and you're just like, oh, this is just like a crisp like this movie's like exactly like an hour and a half, and it's beautiful and. It, it seems like a little slow at times and a little rushed at times, but kind of balances out to being just a good paced movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Did you yeah. uh, like the pacing? Yeah. It, uh, I, I feel like if it, if, if it was any longer, it would have started to feel bloated. bloated and, like, it, 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 a good 90-minute movie that knows it has to be 90 minutes is better than a three-hour movie that could, could have been two hours. Mm-hmm. I feel even like watching the Zack Snyder Justice League, I'm like the, the, the last hour could have been cut out, like all <laughs> Which the is what the edit was. Like even like we've been fine with like three hours, but like all the stuff with the Joker at the end, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't need this future stuff. I just need like, just let it end with them killing uh, Steppenwolf. Like just end it there. Yeah, you have the glory shot, low credits, but then it goes into the whole other stuff. I'm like, no, just what? No, end it now. <laughs> Uh, classic, but mm-hmm. huh, oh well. <laughs> but yeah, no. This uh, I I like just the the way this movie fits together. The the message, mm-hmm. obviously, as we were talking about before, is really intelligent for it being kind of a dumb action movie, mm-hmm. which I found really enjoyable. And I found that it's a good way, maybe like if you have friends who maybe aren't super leftist or anything. Be like, hey, let's mm-hmm. watch this movie, and they'd be like, oh, this is it's pretty good. It might be a good way to be like introduce them to like concepts of leftism, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which Absolutely. I don't think there is very much of in contemporary media 
which is what kind of what makes this so special in my eyes. Absolutely, yeah. There's not definitely a ton of leftist movies made by Hollywood, but ah, it's pretty great. Uh, anyways, I don't have anything else to say about it. Do you have anything else to say? I think that's about it. Then yeah, I love this movie. I highly recommend it. Give it two thumbs up. It is on Netflix too, which is pretty awesome. I yeah. am going to be buying the 4K of it though, because it's awesome. Is that, is that through Chef Factory? Uh, Scream Factory. Right. But yes. Um, anyways, what's your uh, rating? Two thumbs all the way up, buddy. Like into the sky. That's how good this movie is. So good. Uh, as it should. As it should. Mm. Um, Anyways, let me just quickly pull up the, the letterbox game here on a fly. Oh boy. I, kind of, I kind of forgot to do it, but, uh, well, <laughs> we're, we're going for it. So let, yeah. let me just quickly uh, search up some letterboxed. Uh, do you have anything? Do you want to do your, let's do our recommendations quickly so I have a chance to, to find some letterboxed. All right. My recommendations will be the West Side Story. Um, I watched this movie last week. Steven Spielberg brought it like probably his best movie in years but like my ten cents like because like he's still still like all his movies have been good recently like pretty much except for um ready player one mm-hmm. but like that's still been pretty good um but like it's probably his be- i guess this might, might be his first musical too but like he's like some uh, i love it when like older actors who are probably towards the end of their filmmaking career just keep making bangers. Like, no, I can still do. I can still do do this. Like, more more because it's easy with 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 that story. Also, shout out to Disney for being really garbage and dropping this movie like a week after No Way Home. <laughs> like, it's uh, this movie. This movie kind of bombed. Like, I get why because like, musicals aren't that aren't that aren't a big money maker anymore. But also, dropping it right after No Way Home probably not the best idea for strategy as well as dropping Nightmare Alley and another small, smaller uh, critically acclaimed movie dropping a, a week before No Way Home <laughs> no same weekend as No Way Home the Disney has made some very questionable choices since buying Fox now that, that continues to be one of the worst uh, decisions in cinema classic yeah uh, my recommendation uh, is the wonderful wonderful Sam Raimi movie, which I hadn't known about until I had to watch it for film class, is A Simple Plan. Have you heard of that one? I have not. It is uh, from 1998. It is about it's about a, a group of guys who find some money and basically how they deal with finding a bunch of money. And it's it, it definitely it's very Coen Brothers esque. Huh. And but it's like in Sam Raimi's style, but it's it's very good. Highly recommend. Um, we might have to talk about it sometime. But it's, does it's, the pardon me? Sorry, does the pop punk band Simple Plan show up in the movie? Uh, no, there's no there's no punk. It is about a small town America. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'll still watch it. <laughs> and, and, and there is lots of snow, which is also kind of fun. Love me some snow. Not in real, like, theoretically, I like snow. But. <laughs> you like the idea of snow, just not snow in real life. Like, again, like, I like the vibes of winter, but, but like, when it comes to, like, shoveling snow and, like, delivering cabinets in the, in the, in the snow, I'm like, oh, I think so. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, yeah, delivering cabinets wouldn't be fun, but. But, the, mean, but the vibes. That's all, all, all about the vibes. That's all that counts. Anyways, all right. Exactly. I, I have the letterbox game ready. Let's right. go. Are you ready? 
Always. All right, first one. The Thing finally took over Earth. Second one. Laughing with and at this movie is a pure joy. Snazzy stuff, bubblegum ass, and all that. Nice bubblegum ass. We sleep, they live. More relevant today than ever. I'm going to guess uh, I've that... I've more. Okay. It's four now? Yeah, the, the last two weeks it's been four. Right, right. All right, number four. Turns out the active shooter with the wacko conspiracy theory isn't crazy. Okay, so that, that one's probably probably real. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess that the first one was the fake. The, they live something take over the world. You are the correct. Thing. <laughs> you, you, you got it. Congra- Let's go. I did it. Congratulations. Now, Is that two, two in a row? That's two in a row. I think, Let's I go. think you're at 50% now. Just like me and Fortnite. <laughs> I, got, I got two victory royales before recording. Very nice. I've never played Fortnite, so you should. I, have, I have zero victory royales. I play Minecraft instead, like a cool adult. Again, if, 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 I'm quite sure you can play, you can play that game on like from from PC to console. We'll have to work, work that out. Which one? Minecraft. Minecraft. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Can you, can you get Minecraft on PlayStation? Oh, buddy, yeah, you can. I thought it was only Xbox. No, dude. I mean, probably for the next month you can, but assume Xbox made a big purchase recently and they bought um, Activision and stuff. So who knows? Don't you just love game monopolies? Okay, I, I, I honestly might hate it more than phone 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 monopolies. I hate both of them. I hate I hate monopolies with the idea with a passion. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I hate capitalism because monopolies are an uh, uh, inevitable aspect of capitalism like at the bare minimum we do need to like have limitations on what, on what a monopoly is yeah like because then because like did, did, did disney buy and fox technically isn't a monopoly because together they only do like i think it's like over half of a market controlled by one company i think yeah something like that but oh they're only, they're only 40 percent like yeah but yeah but the other 60 percent isn't really doing much but <laughs> uh, well we still got a little bit of sony every once in a while Exactly. So we need to keep Sony and Universal and Warner Brothers pumping. Yeah. Unless um, they hire J- Josh Whedon, who's a certified ugh, piece of crap. <laughs> and whiny and just bad. Ugh. Ugh. Poorly aged things, that man. <laughs> uh, both both him and also, um, what's her face? Uh, Hillary Clinton. Oh, oh, yes, obviously. No, the actress. <laughs> Who's uh, Wonder Woman? Oh, Gal Gadot, uh, cringe. <laughs> uh, but she, she keeps getting cast in things. But she can't like... act. <laughs> Kalel, no. The same shot. The same. That meme is so good. But also, like the the, the same shot, the same line, line reading is in Justice League and the Snyder Cut. I'm like, they couldn't have found a better line read of Kalel, no. Uh, it's so cringe. I I wish Kill there the was a better lead actress because there's so many good like female actors and like even like you, there's so many other like women of color that are better performers than Gal Gadot <laughs> yep <laughs> like <laughs> Regina King or like literally dude Regina King just being everything that, that is facts I mean she's amazing in the harder or is it the harder they fall that's the western harder they, harder they fall she is so good have you seen that movie I have it's on my best year list it's so good I love that one 
That, that means, it means you haven't seen my list. No, it's very disappointing. Uh, That's fine. Where's the list? Letterboxd. Uh, I... How do you see lists? Do you just have to go in the profile? Yeah. Like, under profile, the, if the person makes a list, you can see lists. All right. well, I'll have to check out your list. Anyways, that's what our episode <laughs> this week, as we just kind of ramble on at the end. Hopefully Always. you like that. Uh, Always. Also, uh, if you liked this, leave a review so that Please more do. people can find this. And, uh, yeah, that's my episode. Bye-bye now. <laughs>